Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time it is that you inky savages are joining us for episode number 164 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast. We are here, and the date that we are here joining you is Saturday the 20th. By the time you're hearing this, I will be on a plane to Paris, France. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. So, oui, oui. I've never been to Europe. I'm really excited. I'm going with my super crazy best friend. And I don't mean my best friend's crazy. My The love of my life, my wife. And I gotta say, I fantasized about taking her to France and going to France with her and hanging out with her in France since we were in college. Awesome. And I never had the, I never had the ability to do it because I was too busy, especially in college. I think if I had 40 bucks in my wallet, that was date money. And somehow yeah. I managed I don't remember how I even took her out to dinner with 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those things in the bucket list that I'm doing. I'm really excited about it. She's been wanting to go to France. She's been to Europe a few times. She's been to Germany. She's been to Russia. She's never been to France. So I'm so glad that I have this opportunity to take her. So by the time you're listening to this, I will probably be knocked out because what knocked out on a plane because what we did is we took a we booked a flight that's in the evening. So by the time we land, it'll be the beginning of the day, and Mm. then we'll enjoy the day and then sleep it off so hopefully there's no jet lag i know there's six hours ahead but please check out my plane i can't i will try Uh. so it's a seven hour flight so what i'm thinking is that's like a couple of movies some nintendo switching but the thing is i I had a hard time going to germany i had a hard time trying to go to sleep and to try to cut that jet lag by sleeping on the plane even though it was nighttime it was hard It, it didn't work for you so not I think it has so something it has something to do with like the circadian rhythm the person's individual circadian rhythm and then the barometric pressure and also the constant <laughs> sound of the plane there's something about it and then temperature plays an important role and also the fact that you're like cramped in the plane and yeah, you have to just sit up out. and sleep and stuff right yeah it's so, it's not know. very comfortable it's not it's not ideal for sleeping yeah, no, no one ever was like, hey, let me take a nap. I wish I had my napping chair that felt exactly like an airplane chair. Yeah, so I can it's like, or, or like, oh, my baby really needs to go down for a nap. Maybe I'll just take them around the 747 over here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. Let me get on with the sponsorships. Please check go out go the Gold Spot affiliate link in the description below and make your purchases there, which you guys are doing. You guys are awesome. I love you guys for it. So every time you make a purchase on the affiliate link, it helps out the podcast. It helps out the studio that I call Pentertainment Studios. A dozen dollar corporation. Multi-dozen dollar corporation. (laughs) Multi-dozen dollar. Reach that prestigious status of multi-dozen dollar. Multi-dozen. Hopefully one day this gets big enough where I can call it a dozen hundred dollar corporation, right? Yes. So... Please check out the affiliate link. Use coupon code Garfield at checkout for an additional savings on all the products on the Goldspot website. Some products may not work, actually. Brands like Twisby, where if you do something like that, the owner of Twisby will cut off the retailer and call them up and curse at them and scream and yell at them. But there are and Sailor, and because the, the the brand is very very like strict. But other brands, it'll work, so give it a shot. Thank you for your purchases on Goldspot using my affiliate link. It helps me out a lot. The next sponsorship is is brought to you by Luxury Brands of America. So Bryce didn't include a read, so Tom is just going to wing it. Yes. Yes. I shall wing it. Ready, I set, shall go. wing it in glorious fashion because I'm going to do a little screen share. Mm. So... We got More editing new, for me. Yay. We got some <laughs> we got some new Bennu pens on the way coming mid-July Ooh. and it's the first well, I they Bennu's been doing hand painted limited editions on their website exclusively on their website. First one I think that they've ever done where they're sending them to retailers around the world. Limited edition of 100 pens. This is the Swallows Song, which is a beautifully hand painted turquoise shimmery uh, uh, resin barrel and of course the main 
item on it is the swallow, which is a beautiful little bird that's on there, a little branch with some leaves and a flower on there. Gorgeous, gorgeous pen. I mean, I love the blue on it. The swallow, yeah, it's cute. Very cute. Very nice. I I wish they did. I've been saying to them for, well, I've been saying to Bryce that they should definitely do one with a betta fish on it. I've been been talking about betta pens for a while until Narwhal came along and called their pen the betta pen. At first, I was like, that was my idea. Yeah, at first, I was like, that was my idea. But then, actually, the whole brand is named after a fish, so (laughs) I can't even play that game. It is is very fishy, though. Right. Admit that. It's very fishy. No, no, it was so, one betta pen and a cichlid pen. Yes. That's well, right. Well, yeah, the, the, it was the, was it the, oh, sorry, I was just, yeah. I was just thinking. It was the betta and the cichlid. cichlid. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the hand-painted, this is actually at a, a, available at a premium. So, of course, it's, you're going to imagine, since it's hand-painted, it's more expensive. Not Namiki maquillet hand-painted expensive but it is more expensive for a Bennu pen so normally a euphoria model i think can run around 160 i believe or one it's a 140 to 160 but these will be sold for 280 dollars with the steel nib so you have swallow song and then i will share the next one here is we have a limited edition 500 piece collection of the Bennu talisman in lavender and if you're familiar with the talisman collection not only are they very sparkly shimmery have got glitter in it but they also infuse each of the talisman pens with a special something and it's usually the item or the inspiration behind the design itself which in this case is lavender so i have not seen this pen in the flesh before but according to what they say in the literature here is that there's actually lavender added to the pen that you could actually smell. So I'm not 100% sure how true to life that this will be, but I'm really hopeful because I do like the smell of lavender. I think that would be pretty cool if that was the case, that this pen actually was a scented pen. I'm going to be completely completely and totally honest here about this lavender. I think I'm genuinely stupid because I just learned that lavender is a flower and not just the name of a color. <laughs> that I mean, really. That it is, yes. Yeah. It, is a, it is a flower, yes. I just got a text message from J.J. Lax. He wants to come on the show and discuss... Discuss? Discuss. Discuss vintage pens. Okay. So uh, am I am I good with the the sponsorship read for yeah that was that was luxury brands think I did Bryce good Bryce I did think... I do good text me text me Bryce tell me he's going to be in Europe also for I think ten days so he's going to be busy I'm sure he's there for work you want to close oh the and I, I'm sorry I will I will tell you though that with either of those two venues they are supposed to come mid July retailers are ordering them now from Bennu. But some retailers, which it will not be Gold Spot Pens, will be offering pre-orders currently at the moment. So you could pre-order it before July. But hey, you have a what two months before July. Yeah. So I would rather still have my money and buy the pen when it's actually available and it could be shipped, rather than just put your money into somebody else's pocket and still wait all this time. And then have it shipped later. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I understand. So you do guys what you don't... will, but you know. So Goldspot doesn't do the pre-order thing. They we don't prefer... do the pre-order game. They prefer to sell stuff that they actually have in stock. And then there are other retailers that do the pre-order thing, and they're capable or or willing to handle the logistics of stuff like that. So we'll talk about that. I was actually thinking about that when it comes to pre-orders. It might not be a popular opinion, but we'll talk about that. But before we get okay. started with this week's episode of the Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast, I want to give you guys a quick disclaimer. This podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words, both from Tom and I. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now, on to the podcast. The Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage Savage. So like I was saying, if, uh, by the way, I just real quick interjection, interrupting myself here. 
if you hear like bubbling sound in the background, that's coming from my desk because on my desk, I have a, I think a two gallon fishbowl with a filter bubbling filled with java moss and cherry shrimp. I hear no bubbling. Okay. That's but cute. Cherry that's shrimp. The, yeah, cherry shrimp. Because what happened was in the big tank behind me, the cherry shrimp, about a dozen cherry shrimp were living in there. A little more than a dozen. I think about maybe 20. And then one morning I woke up to Dr. Evil finishing one of the cherry snacks as cherry shrimps as a snack. He was swallowing a cherry shrimp. I'm like, oh, that's not good. So I took them out. I actually put them in a breeder net box. And then as Fish World USA on their last day, I went in there and I just picked up some some stuff and I transferred them over into a fish bowl and they seem to be thriving because since they're so small and they contribute so little to the bio load, you can keep them in a fish bowl. I wouldn't keep any fish in a fish bowl. But that's what the bubbling sound is. But going back to pre-orders and the concept of pre-orders, I want to know what everybody thinks about pre-orders. Do they prefer pre-orders? Do you like paying for something up front and then waiting to get it and knowing that you're going to get it? Or would you rather just buy when it's actually in stock? Now, when it comes to pre-orders, there's always the chance that stock being limited ends up with you getting a refund, right? I'm assuming that if you pre-order something and pay for it and then you're shorted stock as a retailer, you would have to refund the, the buyer, right? Yes, and that would actually be very upsetting, I would imagine, because as a buyer, you would have had that purchase thinking that you have a safe spot. Right. But in actuality, even 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 today with this whole Bennu thing, you don't we didn't know what the allocation was going to be as far as how many pieces Goldspot was going to get right. or any retailer was going to get until Luxury Brands of America said, Hey, this is you ordered this, this is what we could give you because it's it was immediate both both editions, immediate sellouts within one day as far as it every single piece accounted for throughout all of the venue retailers. So my question is this: like, if you're dealing with luxury brands of America, let's say you get 300 pre-orders for an item, and then they turn around and say, "Hey, listen, you guys are only getting 200, so that we can equally distribute to retailers." If you said now to luxury brands, "Hey, man, you have to give us 300 because we already took payment on 300," would they then mm -hmm. say, "All right, we'll give you 300"? No, it it would be tough tough nuggies right there. That's yeah. I mean, they they got to play. They got to be fair with all of the retailers that they deal with. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, then if they're going to continually short other retailers, then the retailers are not going to want to do business with them. Right. So, does that happen a lot when it comes to re pre orders with retailers, where you'll take in more pre orders than you can actually get stock for? Well, for particularly for Goldspot, like it wouldn't happen because we don't take any pre-orders for anything. Okay. So, it, for example, a Retro Fifty One, you know, pen is uh, especially the tornadoes could be very attractive, or the poppers are sometimes the, the very very quick sellouts. You wouldn't want to promise anything to anybody because all of a sudden you could be thinking, oh, I could order three hundred of these, and Retro will probably give it to us. But then, you know, they turn around, they say, oh, there's been a huge demand for this particular pen. We can only give you 125. Mm -hmm. So if you went into it thinking you were going to get 300 and trying to sell all 300 of them, pre-sell them, then you're going to be left with a lot of people you got to disappoint. That's definitely right. the last thing you would want to do. So, but I've seen at the moment that you get an email about something, sometimes uh, some of these other retailers will just pop it up right on there and be like, order for pre-order i'm like how do you know how many you're getting how do you know that you're not getting only just a few pieces because they can sometimes be you know they could be very very small runs of these things so right do de do the distributors do they favor retailers that do pre-orders over non-pre-order retailers or is it just to them it doesn't matter uh, to them i don't think it matters i think what really matters is is overall volume so if you're a retailer that orders ordinary product every day, orders all of your brands that you carry, all the, the entire line, 
and doesn't just poach the limited edition type of stuff because I've I've heard some retailers just selectively will say, oh, we only want limited edition, so they'll, that's the only thing that they'll buy, and they'll buy a very, very small number compared to what larger retailers would do. So the distributors then would take that into account and say, oh, you know what, like Goldspot or Penn Chalet or Goulet is a top three retailer for us. We need to make sure that they are taken care of with the quantities that they're asking for or give them, if they're asking for, you know, 100 pieces, we'll give them a, a majority of what they're asking for while, you know, giving everybody else just a little bit less. Mm -hmm. I see. So there is some some form of cutthroat favoritism that exists in the distribution world of, of pens. Well, not necessarily like favoritism just out of favor favoriting, you know, somebody that you like over somebody that you don't. It's, well, it's, it's preferential it's kind of a business. So, yeah, you want to you want to be able to flow the product to people that you could trust will do good with it and that won't decide to like after two weeks of, you know, let's say sitting on it, they'll turn around and try to sell it for like 60 percent off just to get it off their shelves because mm. that's not going to do anybody any good either. I you, know, it, you really don't want to see you know, your product, which you originally had sold at a regular retail price, and then all of a sudden see it gutted out, clearanced, because then sure. that, that diminishes the value of the brand. It diminishes the value of future releases because then people are going to have the expectation that, oh, if I don't buy it now, maybe in two weeks they'll end up having a sale, then I could get it at a much cheaper price. Mm, I see. I see. Okay. I mean, that all makes sense. That's, uh, I do appreciate you clarifying all that stuff. So I think starting next episode, I really want to, and I was talking to you about this, Tom, before the episode in the green room, I really want to start doing a pen of the week discussion. The pen of the week. Pen of the week. So every week I want to talk about one pen that you select as pen of the week. Mm. Now, Whatever metric you use to select this pen is on you. If you pick a pen and I think it sucks, I'm going to call you out on it. You know what I'm saying? But I think right. it'll be interesting discussion. Now, I'm not going to ask you to pick one now because you don't have access to any of them. But I think there's some ground rules. The ground rules is they can't just all be Leonardo's. Okay? <laughs> oh, but what about this Leonardo I have over here? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I think that would it would be a good idea if the pen is not something that you currently have in your collection. I mean, it can be as long as it's just not the same pen every week. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I want a different pen. I want you to select a different pen every I week so that we can, I can talk, about. talk about. Now, All right, let's talk like. about th this week's pen of the week. Now, is it this one that you've been using? What's the story? Yes. So, I'll pick this one. All right, so Ben from Gravitas mm. had sent me a care package the other week that had graciously included several different fountain pens in it, of which didn't, this didn't is you one say one one of them is going to come to me? Maybe, maybe a, maybe a couple of these will come to you. I don't know. Mm. Well, that is nice. Yet. What brand? What maybe. what? I mean, line is that called? Um, it's the I think it's the big something i i don't i don't recall his model types and also the the you know the branding or the names are not really it's it's just basically you just see his logo on here the little mm. triangular thing that's there so i i'm not 100 percent, but this is um this is what's it called oh, i'm blanking on the material right now mm. ebonite wood no, no. brown stuff uh, with swirls micarta this is micarta micarta i was gonna say micarta. that next so it's a, it's a Micarta pen. It's got it's a, it's Micarta's like kind of like a, a woven fiber and it's got, I think red ebonite in it too, but it's, mm. it's kind of a mix of both. It reminds me a lot of, um, of how Macrolon is because it's kind of, it's got that texture about it. Um, but it is, it feels really nice and unique and almost like a matte finish, but you don't, you don't really feel the fibrousness of it, but it just feels really cool. Mm. I like it. I like it a lot. And uh, it has a grip. The grip section is the best middle grip section to have if you have any metal grip section. Okay. Because 
it has concentric lines engraved on it. So it actually has quite a grip on it. So it's, it's not, not like those... you're going to be slipping and sliding. Yeah, so, folks, yeah. you can actually eat a greasy pizza and write without slipping on this you pen. Could. And then it also has that little concave, you know, dip towards the end part yeah. here, which, which even makes it easier to grip. So it's one of the, the best grippy metal grip sections I've ever written with. Huh. That nib doesn't look like a Yovo nib. I could be wrong. What kind of nib is that? I think it is a Yovo, but it has the um, the cheap plastic feet. Yeah, that doesn't look like a Yovo nib to me, bro. Doesn't look like Yovo no, to No, it certainly doesn't. The shape, I'm pretty sure that's not a Yovo nib. I don't know. It looks like a Yovo nib to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't look like it. I mean, but then again, I'm looking at it through a blurry camera. Yeah. So this so this pen of the week might not work for you if if we don't have these uh pieces of information on hand to discuss, you mm -hmm. know, about the 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 exact nature of each of the parts. But yeah. uh but yeah, it's got it's got a converter in there. Hold, hold the pen up, show me the nib again from the front and then slowly rotate it to the side. Yeah, that doesn't look like Yovo to me. No. No, I really don't think it is. Oh, but then again, like I said, it's it's just not clear, but so it has a chibi plastic feed. GP plastic feed, but it's a it's a nice writer. I like it. It's uh, it, like I said, but the material, the the McCartan material is really what stands out on this, mm -hmm. and just feels very feels very different. Yeah, that looks really cool. It has, it, right. it has a nice look to it as well. Yeah, that is a pretty cool look. He has some pretty cool. Now you're messing around with the pen. You're posting it. You're capping it. I'm hearing a lot of friction when you post it. Does it cause any kind of scratching or anything like that, or or is that just the sound because the microphone is so good? Uh, could be the sound. But I am seeing like a little. I might have left a little ring where it posts. Mm -hmm. So I think I did. I think, it, but it's very faint. I had to bring it up to the the light to see it. Okay. Now that you asked about it. So, so do you. Can you write without it posted, or is it? Yeah, you size can. One? All right. I so think it's size, probably a... size wise and and weight wise, especially too. It feels very comfortable without the cap posted. But you know me, I'm I'm just I'm a serial poster. Mm. I just need to post the cap on the back of the pen. Um, but now that I saw that I'm creating a little, it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like you know when you burn yourself and your skin kind of turns that little glossy you know red color afterwards like as, yeah. it, as it starts to heal up i think right. i just did that there's like a ring around the barrel from me posting the cap so so what are the inside of the cap what are the threads made of metal so you got metal inside the okay there's a metal sleeve on the inside here too i think yeah okay so so, there's, so there's i don't suggest i don't suggest we post that pen if we're gonna have we're gonna be using that pen probably better it can post but then you're gonna end up dealing with little scuffing. So yeah. metal is metal has a higher hardness than whatever that material is called. What's the material called again? Micarta. Did he make Micarta. that up, or or is that an actual? <clears throat> no, it's like material? it's like you remember it's a Micarta. M I C A R T A. No, uh, I think there there was a Twisby that was made using Micarta material before. Dude, I just learned that lavender is not just the name of a color, but it's a fucking flower or an herb. You think I'm gonna know what Micarta is? Come on. I don't know. I was yeah. just saying. I, I, you give me too much credit. I love you for it, though. I'll tell you. All right, so the pen of the week is the Gravitas Macarta. Where do you get? Where do you buy these pens if you wanted this pen? If you wanted it, I think you go to Gravitas's website. Although, I know some of the things that he sent me, they were prototypes. And I don't know if this might be available. I'm just going over to his shop right now just to go take a look. Okay. Just to see if, because uh, there was a, yeah, there's a, there's a vac that he has available now, and that's one of the pens that I have is a vac with a flexi nib. Oh yeah, he has the Micarta on here. Okay, so it's a oh, Gravitas cool. Micarta, red linen, uh, from 130 euro. So I think that's a pretty good price for that. What does 130 euros that. translate to in dollars? I'm, I'm guessing Delorans. somewhere around the the neighborhood of like $160 or so, I think. Really? Let's see how that. accurate you are with that. It is, oh, it's actually 140. Oh, 140 wow. US dollars. That's awesome. So, yeah. Oh, well, it says it says the nib is Gravitas nib that has Yovo number six threads available. Oh, it says threads. Maybe it's not. Mm. 
I'm just trying to look up the information on here. So it's I'm I'm confused. What's the nib? Let me share. I'll share it. Let me share. Share, share. <laughs> sharing is caring. So I'm sharing the screen here. So it's gravitas micarta red linen. Beautiful. And it says on here that the sh the section is made from 304 stainless steel, micro machine grooves for grip. I love those. The nib is gravitas nib that has Yovo number six threads. So they said gravitas nib, Yovo number six threads, which so that that means may that you mean can... that it's not a Yovo nib. I'm pretty sure based if I'm reading between the lines. The nib is Gravitas nib, so maybe they make their own nibs in-house. But what he's saying here is that he can install the Gravitas nib that may possibly be made in-house and put it into a Yovo nib housing so that you can unscrew and screw in different Yovo nibs if you wanted to because I think they do acknowledge that Yovo nibs are probably one of the more popular. Click on yeah. nib options. Yeah, so we got... Lots of different options. The Ultra Flex Titanium Fine with the Polymer Feed, I think I have that in one of his other pens that he mm. had sent over, which is pretty nice. This, I think, is a medium point that's on this pen mm -hmm. currently. So you have a, you have quite a few different options to go through. Cool. There. We got to get him on the show. We got to yeah, get you we said you were going to. You were talking to him about getting him on the show. I think that's. Well, I know he's actually point. coming to visit the United States next week. Yeah, the same I week I'm say. in France. He reached out yeah. to me. He's like, hey, in. He's meeting. I, I don't know if I can disclose who he's coming to meet because that might be like business stuff that Secrets. he didn't want. He didn't want. He's just coming. Or... He's coming to take in. Yeah. The so local he's gonna be. He's crazy. It's stuff. crazy because he's actually gonna be in my neck of the woods, but I'm going mm -hmm. to France during that time. So he's coming to the U.S. in my neck of the woods, and I'm going to Europe into to his neck of the woods. Mm -hmm. So bad timing, which sucks because I would love to have loved to have met him. Mm -hmm. So there you have it, folks. The pen of the week, as selected by the Odd Oink, is the Gravitas. I think it's a nice choice. I would have, yeah. I would have picked this one here, the Leonardo <laughs> Supernova. You just said I wasn't allowed to pick Leonardo's. Yeah, you aren't allowed to pick Leonardo's. <laughs> I can pick Leonardo's. I make the rules, man. Come on. So I, I haven't, I haven't spent enough time with this pen, but I do love the look. Even though the acrylic is kind of like one of those stock acrylics that you see on dozens of other pens out there you see them on edison colliers you see them on conklin duragraphs you even see them on the the cheaper chinese brands that you find on etsy and amazon to be fair though that is a pretty sweet acrylic it, it is so cool i mean every every brand calls this acrylic something else what did the yeah. edison collier call it i think they called it i think it's like uh something amber something i can't remember oh what was it uh, not not persimmon swirl. It was something with it. No, no. Yeah, I know. I can't remember either. Brain farting. But I, I just love the translucency. There's striations of it that are transparent. I'm noticing that the number six sized Yovo nib on the Leonardo pens have a new design on it. That's the La Fenice nib design. La, La Fenice. Yeah, which has got us all tripped up because people are thinking it's actually a different nib than the original yovo nib that was on there but it is it's the same yovo it's, nib it's but just, it's just stamped. yeah it's just stamped differently yeah yeah it's not laser engraved so, it's stamped so yep do you know what it is i think i've been around pens so long that even if it was a bare nib i would be able to tell you if it was yovo or not mm -hmm. even if you didn't actually see it and it like let's say struck you in the head you'd be like I like like if I, you took a, a pen with a, a, a bach nib, nib a Bach nib and a Yovo nib, and you stabbed me in the back with both. I'd be like, "Oh, the right one is the Yovo, the left one is a Bach." That's how. <laughs> that's how. The, if the the Yovo goes in deeper because it's less flexible, so it's ah. It's... Yeah, it's a little stiffer. Yep. So. <laughs> right. I would actually prefer not to get stabbed by nibs. What a what a fucking case of irony that would be, right? If I got killed by a fountain pen, someone kills that me with a fee. <laughs> That would be something else. How did Penboy Roy die? Ages. Yeah. How did Penboy Roy die? Well, it's the craziest thing. Some crazy guy just walked up to him, stabbed him in the neck with a knife. No, a fountain pen. Fountain pen. That's wow. Legendary has gone down yeah. in the books as seriously one of the baddest fountain pen geeks ever because dying by the fountain pen gives mm -hmm. you plenty of street cred. Mm. So we talked about some things last week. 
And I got some comments on the YouTube channel, and I want to just read some of them. We got some comments. Yeah, so we, so do you remember the gentleman who wrote in an email and asked for advice on the bed of fish? Well, he replied on YouTube. Uh-huh. So I love how, um, like, somebody will message me on email. I'll respond on, like, IG. They'll respond to me on YouTube, and then we'll respond back on the podcast like it, it's just Dude, like it, 12 different there's there's too many there's too many inboxes out there these days like right. every like there you could get a message from virtually anywhere and you, if you're not paying attention it's just like oh why are you not responding to me it's like i didn't think to check the social media account that i hardly even log into like you know three month three times out of the month you know so right so all right let me just read his response so at Ken dash WZ nine VY, is that supposed to be like a word like Wizzy or something? I don't know. Hey Roy, thanks for the betta fish info. Tom, how about getting Roy to post the link to the website that you mentioned for the Ebonite feeds? Hey Tom, yeah. how about uh, sending me the link for the Ebonite feeds that I mentioned so I can put it in the description? Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, because someone we we mentioned it, so we should actually provide the link for that. I uh, so, I have forgotten about that when you know because we talk about so many different things on the podcast and I forgot mm. that was a thing that we discussed a very important thing but I shall uh, I shall include that here actually I yeah. will I you know what I'll do I will reply to Ken's comment and throw the link on there so but boom. that's a good idea while Done. I'm doing that I'm gonna read at Rob MC one twenty. Two days ago, he wrote. He writes, and this is this is relevant to the South, the lefty stuff that we talked about. So, as a Southpaw, underhand writing is possible. Manda B does it all the time, and Goulet has an entire series dedicated to left-handed fountain pen addicts. Now, I forgot about that. He does. That's definitely an excellent resource because I was actually talking to some people at work the other day, and one of the guys that I was talking to was telling me that pens have never been a thing for him. And one of the biggest reasons why pens have never been able to be a thing for him was because he's a lefty. So he's always dragging and pushing and just all the issues that we talked about. So I should have actually given him this resource that Goulet has because that would have been fantastic. I wish I wish I had done that. I This is one of those times where it's like... I. Th- I think of a good idea after the good idea expired. And this is one of yeah. them. But thanks, Rob MC120. Appreciate it. At the professor underscore O one three days ago writes, Telling the truth can be constructive criticism. I certainly agree. Then another guy just says, What's up, Penboy Roy? That guy's actually a personal <laughs> friend of mine. He must have just oh, discovered. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I actually know him. What's up? I know him very well. He could have texted me, which is great. <laughs> okay, so at Clark Fralick. Hey, guys, great discussion. It's always entertaining. Roy, thanks for the advice on betas and guppies. I never thought about how jealous those fish can get. One thing I forgot to mention is... Oh, no, this is the guy that asked about the... Wait a minute, is it two of the same people? I can't I think, remember I which think, one was the one. Yeah, I think this one was the one that was was regarding the fish question that we answered yeah. in last week's thing. Yeah, yeah, but that's then, him. But, that's then, him. but then, but then also we did talk about the ebonite feeds as well. Mm. One thing I forgot to mention is I wasn't planning on keeping the two kinds of fish together. Yeah, this is the guy. My gourami is old, like four plus years and old, four plus years old, and probably won't make it through the summer. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So the betta would have its own tank. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome sauce. And then at Mike and at Mike and Quoiak nine seven five six four days ago writes Roy. He has a picture of Spock. Is Spock holding a cat? Oh, that's awesome. I like his icon. Roy, you said that you think for a pen show to be successful, the show needs high-profile vendors. That is only partially true, but a whole other conversation. You can't force those vendors to come. All you can do is ask. Pen shows run on very tight budgets, 
as you may recall from a few episodes prior with Mario. Sometimes it's not easy to convince vendors you personally want to come. It's not like you can bribe them. True. There's no room in the budget for that, obviously. Not to mention how unfair that would be to other vendors. It's a delicate balancing act. What I find interesting is the show is... The show had no major retailers, yet it's within close proximity to at least two of the biggest fountain pen retailers in the East Coast. Gold Spot, yay! And Yoseka, maybe Fountain Pen Hospital too. So yeah, that's true. They are close to all three of those. Why weren't they at the show? Maybe Tom could answer that one. Well, was uh, was Fountain Pen Hospital? I know Fountain Pen Hospital was at the show we went to in yeah in Joba. August. Oh my God, are we going to do this again? It was August. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was August. You know what? We're going to look it up. Let's clear clarify this. But so why were why weren't those there? Well, I can't speak for Goldspot Yoseka or Fountain Pen Hospital. But if I were a retailer, and Tom, you could actually answer this one. Why wasn't Goldspot there? I think I had mentioned this in the previous episode too. Is that really like Goldspot doesn't do we like Goldspot's done? I want to say like three, maybe like three shows, and mm-hmm. they've all been at the Philadelphia Pen Show, right? It, it, like I, I have myself have driven down with my family to go and do Ink Journal at the DC show, which is more or less like a you know it's like a family fair. My dad would help me and and my wife and my kids when they were when they were a little bit older it's a it's a lot of work and it's it's very difficult to do especially if you're not mm. if that's not like part of your business and it, when you're doing it an online retailer it's not something that you're accustomed to doing is like selling the whole face to face it's not to say that i am nervous in front of people or that i have some sort of like social awkwardness or i can't handle dealing face to face with people but like the business is not really built for it. If Mm. you know that everything needs to be packaged and merchandised a certain way, like you need to have displays, you need to have, you know, some sort of ability for people to try or to handle and sample things. But when you're an online retailer, everything's in boxes. You have to open up everything and take, you know, take everything out and display it and then figure out some way of displaying it. But if you're a brick and mortar retailer, like, let's say, like an Anderson or an Atlas or Fountain Pen Hospital, you already do have displays, trays set up. You have signage. You have you have the you have the requisite materials to just be able to make a pop up shop. Even if you had just a table and chairs, you could probably put something together. But when you're an online retailer, it's just basically like, well, I have a shipping department. Can't bring that with me. Can't mm. you know pack up a stuff. But like, it's everything's already, you know, boxed. So it's not really suitable so much for online to then you know come up with a strategy or a plan to pack out these pop-up types of shops, like do a pen show or things like that. Especially if it's not really in the 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 stream of marketing things like throughout the whole entire year it's just mostly online focus so that's right. what we've always been doing is that we've been kind of making decisions along the way and saying you know what we could do it we could probably sell a decent amount during the weekend and go to like a philadelphia or a dc get in front of people and do, but the the but the expenses are so high over the weekend and it's such a a long and draining experience because you are at it all weekend long that it's you know it's better investing those energies into doing your main bread and butter of the business which is the online stuff like the content marketing the videos the because it's also like you said it's it's an investment that that probably ink journal it wouldn't behoove ink journal's finances to invest into right so i i can't really i'm not a retailer so i can't really answer any of these questions i can tell you what some other distributors and retailers have told me and they just feel that that show is not is not valuable because of the amount of money it would take to get there and the amount of draw that that show actually has i mean it's just i love the long island pen show especially when we went in in august and then the years before that and when they told me that that's the reason why they're not coming i'm like that's but it's it was my first show it was like the best show i loved it i loved going to the long island pen show this, like I said, this recent one just just didn't cut it, but that doesn't it was, mean the it was future on a ones. Saturday. Was it? It was on a Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I remember that, but where is it? Is it Hofstra? 
No, I so, mean like where is where is the? As I don't even see it in 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 my uh, calendar for August of last year. Maybe it was October. Who the fuck knows? I I might be screwing <laughs> that up. But yeah, so other other retailers that I spoke to, and they're not willing to come because it's not marketed well enough, and they know that it's not going to draw as much people. So they don't want <clears throat> to invest all the way, and that's not the retailer's fault. There's no room in the budget in for. There's no room in the budget for. There's no room in the budget for bribery. I don't think there should be room in any budget anywhere for any kind of bribery ever. So I think so, there's there's the ability to provide incentives, but you have to right. be fair with the incentives. Exactly, like you can't 100%. just leverage them against people that you want to come versus people that you don't care if they come. Right. But there's but there's ways of and and really the the main key factor incentives that you have to be concerned about is exposure. You have to right. make sure that these people who are going to invest all that money and all the time in coming out to a weekend show will get the proper crowd, the proper exposure that will then lead to that weekend being valuable for them. Sure, sure. It, it, it's an investment on part of the show, and maybe they're not able to make the investment on that. But Mike Antkowiak, 9756, thank you for your comment. And also, you're using a Spock holding a black cat, and when I saw that, I'm like, I remember watching something about that. I can't remember why he was holding a cat. So if you could comment and explain to me why Spock was holding a cat in that episode of Star Trek. I'll probably wake up one day at like four in the morning and be like, I remember why. I can't remember right now for the life of me, but I really want to know. So if anybody else knows, please throw it in the comments. So at Calc Prof, Calc Prof, four days ago, wrote, Yovo is to fountain pens the way ETA movements used to be parentheses mechanical watches that's actually a good i like the way that he puts that analogy together these days there are a few more possibilities Celita, for instance and more companies doing their own watch movements although some companies are lying about this buying eta or Celita, making minor modifications and calling the movement their own Okay. I don't understand the, the, the reference to ETA movements because I'm Okay, so ETA guy. ETA movements is exactly like what he's saying. Yovo is a nib maker. They specialize in making nibs for use in other brand fountain pens. ETA mm -hmm. movements, the movements, that's what runs the watch. Especially So it's uh, like the guts of it. It's yeah, the... so so like if you buy a Rolex watch, you're getting an in house movement so rolex makes their own movement and puts it in their watches or at least that they used to that's what i i know I, I could be wrong please correct me if i am wrong the the yovo of watches is called eta so they're good movements they put them in and so he he considers companies lying about calling their movements in-house because they buy an eta movement with minor modifications and call it their own in-house in made movements. So mm -hmm. lying seems pretty harsh. It's, but he's right. It's not true, right? So like it's if I... It's embellishing. Right, it's embellishing. So like if I decide to make a pen and then I order a thousand nibs from Yovo, but instead of a, I don't know, a fucking hole for a breather hole, I make it into a square and that modification is enough for me to call it in-house made it, it would be untrue mm -hmm. right so okay at seafood 73 four days ago i like this one here it's more discussion on the lefties writing and her icon is really cute it's a it's a, a tabby cat <laughs> there's so many cats in the in the photos i like it my two cents on lefties and fountain pens big whoop all of us are here writing in arabic hebrew farsi and other Semitic? How do you how do you pronounce? It? I'm so stupid. It's Semitic. Semitic. Yeah. Oh, Semitic writing systems are writing right to left. My eyes are getting bad, man. Forty three. I'm going blind. <laughs> and most of us are righties. And guess what? We just turn the page forty five to ninety degrees counterclockwise and write from below. Wait a minute. Which way? Counterclockwise. Okay. And write. Well, from there. Below. So 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 what seafood is saying is that writing right to left in those alphabets is is then not 
very is not acclimated well for righties but righties just deal with it so mm. so like so like lefties should just deal with it well you know i mean maybe lefties can rotate the book how would you rotate the book so that you're not writing from you would write i guess you would rotate it more clockwise right if you're a lefty so that way you can write i mean i don't know would that be a solution not a major difference from latin texts written by lefties you just turn your notebook clockwise oh yeah there you go in truth i think we have more upstrokes in hebrew than in latin letters and it makes writing with some nibs a bit frustrating especially mm -hmm. needle points and that is more annoying than the direction because it's really only solved by twisting your hand from above which i could never manage also it looks like a surefire way also, it looks like a surefire was to RSI fast. What does that mean? I think she meant it, or he looks. Also, it mean it looks like a surefire. Also, it looks way. like a surefire way. It says was, but it's supposed to be way to RSI faster. I don't understand. I don't know what RSI stands for. Huh? Neither do I. Okay. Let's look it up. So I'm gonna read the next comment, and then I gotta go make a wee wee. But I want you to respond to this next comment. Great video. Looking what forward to seeing straight. Tom on Hemingway Jones's channel Tuesday. So as you know, I've been super busy, so I, I wasn't able to see it. Can you talk to everybody about how that went while I'm going to go, <laughs> go make wee a wee? Go Goodbye. Wee. See you later. <laughs> oh, we got Rollerball Paul. So. Rollerball Paul is making an appearance. It's, uh, it's, it's funny because I, I did need somebody to talk to to tell about this. So it, it helps to have a face. And Rollerball Paul's just staring at me from Roy's chair there as he left the room. So on Tuesday, I had a live conversation with Mr. Hemingway Jones. He is a uh, YouTube channel, um, but originally started out making videos on TikTok around the same time that I started using TikTok a lot. So we were kind of two of the, you know, not, not that many fountain pen people on there using TikTok for making videos. And... Um, he had gotten a quite a good following. I'd gotten a decent following too, but he definitely did a lot better than I did um, right off the bat. So, um, but he has since uh, started to do live videos where he was interviewing people uh, from around the community. Anybody that basically, you know, is a is a fountain pen type person, and he had reached out to me and said, "Hey, you want to come on the show and we'll do a live show?" So it's very similar to how we do here, but. In the in addition that it's recorded and it's live on the, at the same time and that people on YouTube can actually comment, which I thought was which I, I thought was really interesting. But at the same time, as I, I found myself as I was talking to him directly and he was asking me questions and I'm answering them li live, that I pretty much had to ignore um, the the conversation. And there was a good conversation. It was about like 90 people or so that were in the live, mm -hmm. and they were they've apparently they've been doing they've been like going on these lives often enough that there's people who know each other on there so they're having like full-blown discussions back and forth and i can't just i can't keep track of that stuff while i'm mm -hmm. trying to have a conversation with another person so yeah so he was like he was like yeah but i understand that but i'll, I'll keep a lookout on it if if there's something to answer on there and and we'll you know we'll bring it up or whatever but it it was uh it was a lot to kind of hold on to because you had quite a good chat going on at the same time mm, that's cool i like hemingway jones i like the way he enunciates yeah. and he speaks he yeah. has a charisma of his own that's unmatched like no one else is him he is he yeah. is the only he one has, that is he him. has a, a very debonair style i like his style i like it <sighs> all right let's look up whatever you just said <laughs> what the fuck that means You're so guy so yeah so one of the things we did talk about because because uh, like i said I think I mentioned this to you before. I was like, I was like, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure that if anybody gets out there on the internet and puts out content and puts their face on camera, that they are just every little thing that they do is, is subject to ridicule. And like, sure enough, like he had people that were making comments about everything, even be comments about his, his eyes. It was like it's like oh look at his eyes like they like about like how they squint so much or whatever. I'm like dude like these like are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I'm not I'm not kidding you. We, that came up during the conversation. I'm just like dude, I like I love everything about your style. Like you 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 do a great job and like 
you know, you're a good-looking guy. Like, just well, just ignore these people. Wait They're a minute. It happened live on the spot? No, no. This is something that he's ta- talking about stuff that has happened before. Hmm. So we were talking about things that, that had happened previously, and there were there was mm. also people that didn't like um, him posting short videos. They was like, oh, why are you posting the YouTube shorts? It's like, it's, it's like dude, look, you got to realize that just because you prefer the longer videos, which you're getting, that the shorts can also exist too because those could bring in potential new people into this hobby that, you know, just like everybody else these days, don't have a broad attention span, especially for things that they don't know a lot about. Yeah, you know what, though? It's it's like those videos are not for you then. That's all it is to it. Like, for example, like, I, I chatted with Hemingway Jones here and there through TikTok or I think it was Instagram. I can't remember, just through comments and stuff like that. And he's very supportive about what I do and I'm supportive about what he does. And I appreciate what he does because I am one of those people who have an incredibly short attention span. I tell you all the time, I I deal with ADHD daily. And Mm. some days I'm okay and some days I'm just frustrated all day long because I can't sit in one spot and focus. So those kinds of videos are not... Like a lot of people think, oh, the short form videos is decreasing people's attention span. No, no. For me, my attention span is already decreased. So videos like that allow me to connect with the hobby and not lose focus on the video like tom i love your videos but every once in a while as i'm watching it like 30 seconds will go by and then i forget to pay attention to the rest of the video then i go back (laughs) later and i watch again but i start over Mm. i've watched like the first 30 seconds of your seven minute video 50 times and never got through it because my attention span is because my dumb brain won't let me focus right Mm -hmm. so like i do appreciate those kinds of short form videos and then the whole discussion about the way he people making comments about the way he looks you just there are so many people out there that have an appreciation for what someone does that you can't even respond to all of them because you don't have time why the fuck are we wasting time talking about the one or two assholes who like to say dumb shit you know what I mean? It's, it's. I think it's built into. It's hardwired in all of our brains. It's a. It's something that is probably a, a a a side effect of the way that human species had evolved from mm-hmm. these closely knit tribes. That well, the the yeah. main fear is if you're outcasted, if you're chastised and outcasted from the group, that always meant certain death. Because yeah. if you were outside of the group, if you were like looked down upon and and casted out then you would be thrown to the elements of nature of which could still kill you at those times. So Yeah, so you're talking about like genetic memory and just like instinct like it might be an instinct. Our brains have a tendency reaction. to focus on the negative for that reason, I think. Yeah. I'm I'm just saying like fuck those people. Like I really don't give a shit. If somebody like people make people make stupid comments about 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 me. I don't remember most of them. Because, mm. like, when I see them, someone complaining about my face or saying that, you know, I'm ugly or something like that, I really don't care because I'm married to, I'm already married. I have a hot wife. And I wonder if she thinks I'm ugly. <laughs> Maybe she does. Who knows? I don't know. But you she know loves what? Me. I didn't ask her recently. Yeah. And every time I <laughs> do ask her, she's like, let's talk about something else. No, I'm kidding. But, you know, like, it just, it just, it's ridiculous that someone as established as Hemingway Jones is being chastised by someone living in someone's living in their mother's basement, playing video games, eating potato chips, and watching porn. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really don't give a shit. I I would really love for someone to come up to me in person at a show and 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 if they want to say something, say it. That would be they don't, very though. uncomfortable. No, they don't. You know, but that I'm used to you know you, you know me though. I deal with extremely uncomfortable situations all the time, right? Mm. So I'm not I'm not one I'm not one that really gets bothered by negative comments because I mean think about why they're making negative comments about Hemingway Jones, right? Because they look at this guy who is successful and doing good at what he does, and 
they wish that they were that way. That's just the definition of haters. That's all there is to yeah. it. Like, why are you going to take the time out of your fucking day to comment on the way someone looks when they're talking about fountain pens? I would like to talk about this seltzer water. Yeah? Well, your face looks dumb. That's exactly what that shit is. You know what I'm saying? Like, what does that have to do with anything? It's like, all right, guy, I want to tell you about why seltzer water is better for you than, than soda. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can't grow out a full goatee. I can't, by the way. You're, you're an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand that shit. And you know what the thing is, though? When you say stuff like that, let's say I didn't follow Hemingway Jones and I didn't like Hemingway Jones or I didn't like his content or I didn't like the way he talks. Because, listen, that's his style. You don't have to like everybody's style. You could dislike that style, Right. But if I did dislike the style and I didn't follow him, after finding out somebody was just chastising him because of the way he looks, guess what? I'm going to now follow him. Just to say, just just out of spite to bullies, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I already do follow him, so I can't follow him twice. If I try to follow him again, I'll accidentally unfollow him, you'll and I don't un- want to yeah, do that. You'll unfollow him, and that's yeah. not good. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I saw his videos a couple of years ago on TikTok, the shorts and stuff like that, and I just love how he'll be like... I can't do good impression, but, you know, today we're going to talk about the Benu Skull and Roses fountain pen. And, like, just, I just love the way he enunciates. I can't speak like him. But the... I just know, the love long... he has, like, such a great, like, passion for all the yeah. things that he's excited about. And you yeah. can see it. And I think that vulnerability of him opening up and just sharing how that's not vulnerability for things. That's not vulnerability. That's courage, right? So someone well, being able to do that is, is vulnerability. Because like opening yourself no, up and being vulnerable like that, it's courageous. No. Yes, but I don't think they're the same thing, though. Right. They're, they're tied together. They're tied together, but they're not the same thing. Being vulnerable, yeah. opening up and being vulnerable takes courage, but being vulnerable is not the same thing as courage. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's so. but that's see that's the thing that some of these people see is that they see somebody who's being genuine, going out there, sharing their enthusiasm and opening themselves up to the rest of the world, and whatever they're jeal- darkness they're jealous. That's in their minds yeah. uh, that they're 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 envious because that's the proper term to use for it is envy because I learned mm. about this jealousy yeah. is uh, jealousy is always a three party system it's always it's always about the one person wanting what the other person has and that's the that's the third thing so but envy is is wanting something that somebody else has had that somebody else has that you don't have right so i mean okay so <laughs> yes the truth is i envy i do have envy for hemingway jones's style his ability his ability to communicate passion into his form of art but i don't hate people for that there are people that will hate him and make comments because they see that he has the courage and the ability to open up and be vulnerable and they're jealous or envious of the fact that he has that ability they cannot do that right i can't do that because i don't have the balls for it and because i don't have the balls for it I will never be able to achieve this guy's success. And because I can't achieve this guy's success because he has a trait of of courage and ability that I don't have, I hate him for it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to talk about his face because that's the way to handle it. Now I win. Mm-hmm. Yay. Fucking loser, man. <laughs> like, fuck, fucking loser. It, 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 it pisses me off because Hemingway Jones has done nothing to hurt anybody ever. And... His content is for the edification of people who are passionate about the hobby. And he's doing it for people who are passionate about the hobby. And then there are certain people who are passionate about the hobby, but more passionate about self-loathing that they have to try to tear someone else down. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, that's, that's, that's how I see it. Hemingway Jones, I'm all about you. But anyway. Yeah, we should have him on the show. Yeah, we should if he if he if he wants to do that. I'll yeah. ask. We could do that. Yeah. So it's about that time. So when you guys hear this, I will be on a flight to Paris. 
Am I saying that French enough? Paris. Au revoir. Yeah. Bon voyage. So, I'm really excited about it. I'm also a little nervous because of the plane. I'm afraid of heights, so I don't know. Oh, but wait, I'm so really excited. question though, you're going to be gone for the whole next week then? I'm going to be gone from the 20th to mm-hmm. the 30th. 30th. So what does that mean then in terms of you're missing you're missing a week of the podcast then? Yeah, I'm pro- probably we're going to have to talk about that. I might have to miss the week of the podcast. Unfortunately, because I'll be Are in gonna, France. You're going to live stream from France. Uh, the hour, tower the doing... time difference is is really big. You know, there are six hours ahead. So if I call you at two in the afternoon, it's eight, and two in the afternoon is kind of prime time. I don't think I'm gonna be saying to my wife, "Hey, honey, let me just let me just separate with you." Let me for just a bang out so, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can. I'm not gonna have my I'm not gonna have my computer with me, or I could take my MacBook Pro, I guess. I want. I, I want the microphone. I want to see Roy on the corner of a cafe with a baguette and a little, you know, espresso. Are you going to break keto, or are you going to keep with the keto? Gonna, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. No. I don't know yet. I, no. I really don't, because I just got my results back from my body comp. So was I telling you about this? I'll share you this found with everybody. Adamantium in your bones. Adamantium. I think the MCU now calls it vibranium. I'm just looking at this nib. Anyway, so what they found was I'm 43, and over the past four years, my body fat percentage dropped. So right now, I'm currently at 12% body weight. My muscle, the weight of my muscles increased by one and a half pounds. So fat percentage is going down, muscle percentage is going up, which is a good thing. Nice. Metabolism, my basal metabolic rate increased by about 20 points. So my basal metabolic rate is at about 2,025. So basal metabolic rate is in a 24-hour period at rest what your body burns in calories. So it's been slowly creeping up, which is really good. Nice. Testosterone levels are, are healthy and high. I'm at the testosterone level is increasing I think last year was between eight eighty, eight sixty, and eight seventy. This year, I feel I'm like eight, I feel like that eight, that stat is like obvious to anybody that's listened to the podcast. They could just tell you're just full of testosterone. <laughs> so I'm at, <laughs> at eight eighty two this time. The there's a testosterone that's called sexual hormone binding globulin. You want that Whoa, to be now. low. Yeah, the reason why you want that to be low is because when sexual hormone binding globulin is low then it frees up free testosterone and that's the important number too so my free testosterone is really is really doing well cholesterol levels are having free yeah free your balls the cholesterol levels are at is at a, a good level my total cholesterol is at 157 triglycerides are really low inflammation is super low there were some other numbers so the doctor actually said that i am in the top one percent that he's ever seen which is good so i'm doing something right having said that since i'm doing so many things right i'm kind of worried of what happened to that guy in the episode of married with children don't you remember he was like a personal trainer he was all healthy and then he hung out with peg for one day and was eating bonbons and then died the next day (laughs) right so like I'm, i'm worried about something like that happened i don't know how i don't know I mean, my you doctor said I'd be fine. Once and eat a and eat something in France, and you'll just yeah. be like, oh. Now, now I have a heart attack because I've been so good with eating right, exercising. I'm not going to drink alcohol, regardless. But what happens since I'm so my diet is so clean all the time that if I add something that's impure, will it suddenly just kill me overnight? So I did talk to my doctor about it. He's like, "Listen, you're going to be fine." He actually said, "If." If you're the guy who dies from eating a bonbon, then I'm just going to pack it all in. So, but still, I, I have to go there and I have to see. Because, yeah. who knows, I might have non-keto French food and then vomit. Or I might have non-keto French food and not even notice. The gym, that, the gym that they have there at the hotel is 24 hours, so that's a good thing. Because I'm sure I'm going to have jet lag and then I'm going to have to like 
tire myself out somehow and run like five miles or something like that. Yeah. And so I don't know, but I'm really excited. Run off that, run off that French baguette and the beignets. Yeah. And... Oh, that's right. Speaking yeah. of France, I'm going to be in Paris, so you got to let me know if you know of any fountain pen stationery stores that I could visit. Do you know of any in France? Not in France, no. Not in Paris. Okay, yeah. I know. You I know the fountain pen. Look, but... The fountain pen industry in France is. Let me ask you a question before we sign off. So, mm-hmm. what do you think of these? Okay, these versus these. <laughs> I like the second pair better. Oh, should I send them to you? I uh, I actually bought a pair and already replaced those. So <laughs> the material. I got tired of, your... of waiting, and they had a sale. <laughs> The material on your glasses that has been sitting on my next to my my shrimp bowl feels like the material that they use to make the Zune. Do you remember the Microsoft Zune back in like what two thousand five? I did not have the Zune. I um, actually I actually went into mini discs for a while until that format. Sucker. Yeah, yeah. I got I totally got sucked in by that. I got the whole yeah. deck to like you know burn to rip the songs off of the CDs and put them on the mini discs, and then I had the mini disc portable player. And like two years later, they're like, "Nope, portable MP3s are the way to go." I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, listen. Like I said, that's all we have this week for the Penboy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for joining us for episode number one hundred and sixty-four. I love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay inky.